Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody, and, and welcome to What's in Your Glass. I'm your host, Carmelo Anthony. Before we get going, let's first welcome today's guest. You know her as Emmy-nominated actress for her work in projects such as uh, Ava DuVernay's When They See Us and the Netflix hit Lovecraft Country. Uh, most recently, she stars as, um, I want to get this name right, Orisine. Orisine Price. Yes, okay, Orisine Price. Uh, the mother and tennis coach of, of Venus and Serena Williams in the movie King Richard. And as she has already received both Golden Globe and Critics' Choice Award nominations uh, for the iconic role. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, everybody, please welcome welcome to the show the very talented actress and producer, Anjanou Ellis. Hey. I, I, wish you had, I wish you had some sound in the back, some, some claps, some hands, you know, some, some fans, some audience to clap for us. But... It's, it's me and you today. I hear it in my heart. I hear it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I, I, like I said earlier, I, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to just join me on, on what's in your glass. Um, you know, the, the fans and my fans and just the, the listeners and the viewers get an opportunity to, you know, learn a little bit more about you, hear from you, talk to you. Um, and we, we go from there. So we, 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 we got to start off with, uh, with, with your role in King Richard. Uh, first, first of all, congratulations on the role, um, which, 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 which has brought with it uh, serious Oscar buzz uh, for your performance. Um, how, how did it come about? How did it come about and what first drew you to that role? I had to chase it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I had to chase it. I had to chase it. Um, typical way that things kind of come to actors, you know, traditional, you get, you find out about it through agents and stuff. And I knew that they were, you know, quite frankly, interested in other people and um, other people were being considered for it. But um, I think they were kind of opening it up a little bit in case, those choices might not have worked out or whatever, you know? So I just started putting myself on tape. Um, and, you know, I taped myself a, few time, a couple times. And um, so I think sort of maybe didn't work out with those other folks. I don't know <laughs> what happened. But um, Whatever happened, I, it led to a conversation with our, my director, Ronaldo Marcus Green. And so the next step was going out to California to meet, um, to meet Will. And uh, I went out to uh, his house um, and uh, I met him and we read a little bit and I was scared out of my mind. Um, I, cause I went, I went sort of like on the down low from my job cause I was working on Lovecraft at the time and I had to sort of sneak away to go to California to audition for this thing and be back at work. I know that goes. 
Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta just gotta do so it. So I did that, and I didn't have time to change clothes. So I changed clothes. I think tried to do it a little bit in the airport, but I had to really do it in the car on the way to his house. And I didn't have time to brush my teeth. <laughs> so I had to brush my teeth in this driver's car who kept trying to figure out where I was going. And I was trying not to say I was going to this really famous person's house, but I was just like, um, you know, I don't know who I'm, whose house I'm going to. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I'm brushing my teeth in this guy's car and literally spitting my toothpaste out <laughs> in Will Smith's yard. It was so ghetto. It was just so ghetto. So then I went in, I read with him. They were super nice. I'm sure you've met him and everything. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, they're super lovely. Beautiful, you know? beautiful yeah, people. Yeah, right? And then, you know, I read, they fed me afterwards this huge spread, but they still didn't tell me that I had a job with that. <laughs> so I'm we and they're like, okay, thank you very much. You know, and they started leaving. And I'm sitting literally standing out in the middle of Will Smith's yard, like, so what do I do? Do I go home? Like, do I get the job? And they're like, okay, we'll be in touch, please. <laughs> it was crazy. And then like I go back to Atlanta. And then they called me maybe a week later and said, you know, I had the job. Wow. I mean, first of all, big shout out to Will too, because you know, Will yeah. usually Will usually does it big like that. He yes. he, he, he he reels you in. He reels you in. Yes. Yeah, he keep he keep he keeps you thinking. So uh, congratulations on, on, on that and just that process, because I don't think a lot of people understand what those processes are like. You know, and, and somebody of your stature who's been in multiple roles already who still have to continue to work hard for certain roles or for big roles. And yes. because we, we still, we still get, you know, we still get kind of overlooked, overshadowed, or they want other people. They might want somebody younger. They might want somebody more fresh. Like who, who knows what the director or, or anybody wants when it comes to that. So exactly. big shout big, big shout out to you guys for that. Or, or a scene, right? Yes. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not someone many in the public world will kind of just be familiar with uh, when, when hearing about Venus and Serena. But, but she played a, a very crucial role in, in just the sister's journey, especially as a tennis coach. And she don't get, a lot of, she don't get enough credit for that. Uh, what, 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 sh what should the audience know uh, just about how important she was to, to their success? Well, you said it in what you, know, what you just said. Like, you described her as a coach, you know, and I think that I know that I didn't when I was preparing for, you know, just doing my, you know, initial research. Um, I didn't know that about her at all. I just thought I would see her in the stands at Wimbledon, you know, U.S. Open. <laughs> She'd have those shades on, looking all <laughs> mysterious, you know what I mean, clapping for her girls. And I just thought she was just like so many other mothers, just devoted and ever present for her girls. But I just did not know that she was their coach. And I, don't think, I know people don't know that. No, they don't know that. And so what I what I what was so important to me, even in, you know, just playing this is that that people left the theater knowing knowing what she really did. In, in the lives of her children. And, and, and also understand people should understand how powerful she was and then, you know, in, in her children's lives and her daughter's lives. And, you know, she, she was more behind the scenes, but 
she was just as impactful as 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 the dad in in in, in certain ways. So I just want I, I love the movie. I saw it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm close with Serena and Venus, yeah. so I kind of know I, I know their story. You know, more in depth than than the average person. So I, I understand what Orisine role really was, and the fact that you know people need to take their hat off to her because yeah. she she really she really held her own and, and did what she had to do to raise those girls and. Yeah. You know, a major part, a major, you know, part in why those girls are successful you know, today. So and you played it. You played it phenomenally. <laughs> fantastic. You were you was you was incredible in that. Thanks. Um, I, I, of course, I, I read you. You had to learn uh, how to play tennis for the role. Well, what, what, what was that process like? Yeah, man, they had me trying to learn tennis, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I was really like, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent. I was like, really? <laughs> you want me to really? Because I swear, you because and this, that's the thing, because I didn't know that. I didn't know right. she was taught them how to play tennis. I didn't know that. So I that was me a little bit being like ignorant and not knowing. And so, and then the other part of it was, you know, thinking like this is a big Hollywood movie. They gonna have, you know, a stunt woman, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a double to come in and you know shoot the shot. But they were like, nah, be. So I had to. I took lessons, God, uh, three times a week for several weeks. Wow. And those, oh my God, those days, I was like, oh my Lord. I was just, I did not look forward to them. And she's, she was, she is so good at what she does, right? So they, they, you know, they had me just sort of learning how to serve and I did all, I did that. But she has this a, a, a particular kind of serve that I can't even remember that they wanted me to learn how to do. And so they were like, yeah, that's cute what you're doing right now, but we need you to learn this other thing that she would do because it would be a serve that would catch them off guard, right? Understood. That she, yeah. A particular serve that she would do. Um, and I, at a certain point during this lesson, I just said, listen, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what you want from me, but like, this woman, this woman is really good. Right. I'm not. Um, <laughs> so it's just not my, you know, it's just not my wheelhouse. And um, so I was just like, listen, this is not going to work. We got to figure, we got to figure something else out. And I, the thing about that, that I love is that she's so good. Do you know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. That 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 we I mean, of course, they were trying to make it look as authentic as possible, uh -huh. but they were trying to get me to achieve something that essentially for a regular person is not achievable. Yeah, it's impossible. It's, it's the something impossible. that they've been something that they've been doing constantly for years, for years and years. And they want you to learn it in, in three months. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the skill. That's the skill of Orstein Price. Absolutely. Yeah. So 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 working working on a biopic movie about a about a man can can often see women characters get into I'll say cliche mode. But but this movie mm. was different in 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 that regard. What was that important to you taking a role? And and you know because Orisine is such a strong character in the film. Yeah, you know, and I think I, and I, the first time that I read the script, what I liked about it is that it did she did have 
she did have more of a stronger voice, a more present voice than you see a lot of times in these, you know, stories about heroic male figures, you know, but I also felt that it could, it could be even stronger. I did not, I didn't want to do that. As you said, that cliche on, um, you know, woman behind the scenes and they just essentially get lost in the story. That's about a man. Right. Um, especially after I found out the truth about who Miss Orsine is and was to the, to Venus and Serena. So I, I, tried to learn as much as I could about her and made it my business to do that. And I was blessed to have these recordings that Will um, and our director and our writer did with Miss Orsine. So I just would study those recordings and it's her just talking about herself and her being an athlete as a kid. So I just took that information and I tried to fuse that as much as I could in my personal character work, but I also wanted to make sure that that was in the script as well. And thankfully I had, I was working with, you know, some, some men who weren't threatened by that um, and wanted to really honestly, you know, do right by Miss Orsine. One thing that, um, that Will tells the story of Miss Orsine saying to him, Whatever Miss Orsine said to Will, she said, whatever you do, don't make me out to be a chump. Mm, that's powerful. Coming from Isn't a black it? woman. That's powerful. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's certainly a way to tell the story where she would have come off that way. And I wasn't going to do that. And thankfully, Will didn't. Will had no interest in doing that. And I think it says so much about him as a man, as a movie star that he made that space. And he didn't feel, he, and he didn't feel intimidated. Yes, like exactly. Said. Exactly. Cause I, you know, whatever, been there. <laughs> been <laughs> there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know how else to say it, but I, I've been there. And, and really, you know, he just, in the interest of telling the truth. So what, what, what do you think, do you think this role could have wider implications into how women are portrayed in, in these type of films? I hope so. You know, I'm, I can be hard to deal with. I'm going to just tell you. I'm going to just be honest with you. I can be very hard to deal with. And the reason why I can be hard to deal with is because I'm exhausted with that kind of storytelling. Okay. Understood. You know, um, it's frankly, for me, it's boring. It's, it's not fun to play and it's not fun to see. I want to see women have their full presence on screen, on stage, whatever the, um, you know, the, the medium is. And I think people are hungry for that. I think audiences are hungry for that, Yeah. you know? And so, you know, I was in a situation with King Richard where, yeah, I was fighting, but I was, I wasn't fighting by myself because I was, I was not fighting just for myself. I was fighting for Miss Orsine and everybody involved wanted to do the best they could by this family. And I've been in situations where that's not always, that's not the case, where people are intimidated. People don't want, you know, the, the story of women to be present and alive and real and honest. So um, if, if, if someone ever hires me again, you know, I, that's what I come with. 
um, because I have too many, it's just, I, I, I want to portray something that I want to see. I feel that it is, it is past time for us to be honest about who women are in this world. Agreed. Um, you know, I want to be honest about my mama, my grandmama. So, um, yeah, I, and what I pray that there will be reverberations for, you know, Miss Orsine. Because here's the thing. There will be so many more stories told about Venus and Serena, right? Yes. Um, and maybe more stories told about Mr. Richard. You know, there are going to be stories told about Venus and Serena after we're dead and gone. But how many more times are we going to get a chance to tell the story of Miss Orsine? I think if this is the only story that we ever hear about Miss Orsine again, I think you set the tone for that story and, and, and bringing people into that world and into her world and, and, and giving people a different perspective on uh, who she was as a person, as a mother, as a coach, and as a human being. Because uh, again, like I said, I'm, I'm close to the family, so I understand and, and, and knows that you know, we got to take, we got to take this off to her. Like we, we got to give her, yeah. we got to give her her flowers. So I, can I ask you, can I ask you a question? How do you mind? Can no, I ask of you course, a question? Of course, of course. So, so what knowing them, knowing Venus and Serena in the way that you do. And, and so I'm sure you've been around this or scene as well. Right. I, I, so I had the same perception of her as you did coming into it. I just thought, you know, because I, I, for, for years, we just know Mr. Richard. We know Venus is in Serena. We yeah. know her sister. So, right. you know, we, we I just thought, you know, Miss, she was the, the maestro behind the scene. She was <laughs> she was she was just, you know, just quiet and, and, and doing her work behind the scenes. So until I actually saw the movie and saw you portray her in, in, in that light, I, I was in the movie. There's like, damn, OK she's right there like this is yes. you know this is this is a collective effort so I, I had the same you know interpretation of her as you did earlier yeah 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 and and the other thing about that you imagine this well you don't have to imagine i mean the reality is is yes she was their coach but she was their coach and she was also their seamstress yes. she was their cook she was their chauffeur <laughs> you know what i mean she did all these uh, and also holding down jobs when Mr. Richard wasn't working. Right. She held it down. I mean, she, she, held, she, it held, down. It, she held it down. And was a coach. And when she I think about that, Carmelo, it just, it, it kind of, I get emotional about it because I know so many women who have that story and, 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 and they're not asking for attention. I'm looking at my, my sister right now, like doing everything she's doing in this house <laughs> and nobody's outside clapping for her. You know, she's just doing it because she loves her family and it has to be done. Right. And yeah. And that's 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 Miss Orsine. Yeah. But you, I mean, you 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 summed that you summed that up in, in, in a nutshell. But lastly, on, on, on this particular topic. Yeah, I, I have to I have to ask you at like actual making of the film. Right. Like mm -hmm. is, is there is there I would say like a, a story from on the set that that kind of just stands out. Because I'm sure it's so many things that's happening, so so many moving parts, so much fun, so many you know probably tears on the on the on the set, you know reflecting, and it's, it's so much that happens. But what is what is what one story from from the onset that that just stands out? Oh my God, I it's interesting because because when when we were shooting originally in the beginning of uh, 2020, 
it was just a fast train. We were rehearsing and I was just laser focused. So I didn't have time for, I didn't have time. Like I was just like, like this, I was like this the whole, the whole time. And, and, you know, trying to be a good scene partner and be a good, you know, supporter of the young women who play my daughters who are dazzling in this film, you know, as you know, um, and then we went away because of the lockdown. And when we came back, you know, it was another fast train. So there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of that. And someone said to me, you know, do you have, you know, were, were you really emotional during the, during the movie? And I was like, no, I, I wasn't emotional at all. And, I, and, it, and the reason why is that when you were, as you know, as you know, <laughs> when you were in the middle of it, you don't have time to be emotional. No, not at all. Not at all. Have time to be, and that's interesting because I used to think that about basketball players, particularly because y'all look so serious when you're playing, as you in, in, that moment. in a way that other other people who play other sports, maybe tennis is, sim- is a similar way, but you guys are so focused and you don't come out of it until some, not even really when people call a timeout, but it's very rare that you see, we see you celebrate, you know, you don't, you don't, cause I guess you're just so like in it. And I'm not trying to compare my, uh, my job. With no, you. but it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, uh, similarities when, yeah. when, it, when it comes to that, because you, you, like you said, we, we do be so locked in because basketball, unlike other sports, is, it happens so quick. It's up and down, up and down. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's a rapid pace. So the minute that you kind of snap out of it, it's, you're, already, you're already behind two, yes. three, four minutes. You know, so you, you're behind. So the object in basketball, you have to stay sharp. You have to stay on. You have to stay locked in. So it's, it's definitely some similarities and comparisons to the acting world. So speaking of, some of those comparisons, what was it like as, as, as far as I, I would say shooting a movie like this with, with the star power uh, that, that was involved with the actors as, as well as the, the family that you were portraying too? Like how, what was it like playing alongside Will? What was, what was it like playing alongside, you know, the, the other characters and the other cats? But this is a high power, this is a high power cast. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> and I think that would be, that would be my story that, you know, if I wanted to tell a story about, about him, it would be, because I get asked that, you know, quite often, so what is it like to work with him? And I think that's my story that came out of it, is that, you know, we came, we were on set one day and an ice, ice cream truck showed up. And so everybody's like, ooh, ice cream, you know? <laughs> and then the next thing we know, we had to go away and we came back. And the next thing we know, Will had like found the ice cream truck and like got us all ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the other thing that I just, that stayed with me is, is that, you know, people think of him, like he's one of the most famous people in the world. So yes. there's that. Um, he ain't got to do nothing. Yes. And so there was a, a background artist who someone thought she made a mistake and she actually didn't. And so Will witnessed her being sort of berated by this person. And Will was like, no, 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 no. You don't do that. You don't treat her that way. You don't treat her that way. And I just watched that. um, Because that's, that's the, that's usually stuff I I do. Like, no, you don't treat her. No, you don't do that. But 
for him to do it. <laughs> it was different. It hit different. It's, it's a different kind of energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and I yeah. just loved how and that happened a couple times on set where where a, a person who's not not one of the main characters, but you know someone who was like supporting us. And they might have made an error or, you know, it could have been construed that they did. And somebody tried, tried it. Somebody tried. (laughs) And he was like, no, that's not going to happen. And so because he brings that energy on set with him, no one is mistreated. You know what I'm saying? Because he's so lovely and so kind and make sure that everybody is treated really well, you know, it just it expands everybody's generosity. Yeah, and it, it it brings it brings a different type of energy to the set. Totally, it brings and, it totally. And, and then it. what you you know to your question that it just makes you a better actor when you're acting with somebody like that. So do you, you know, feel more comfortable? You feel more comfortable and confident. That's it. That's it. So the thing is, is that when I think about it, I'm like, okay, Will Smith was the act, the lead actor, and then I'm then I'm. I'm portraying like the mother of two of Venus and Serena Williams, two of the other two most famous people in the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Right. The great thing is because he was so lovely and kind to me, I didn't, I didn't trip about it because I felt like you said safe. And then when they showed up on set, as you know, they're lovely and sweet too. The whole experience was just, was good energy. And and it's, it's always good when somebody like, like like a will can set the tone for the whole set. And, and not just the actors, but for the, the workers and the, the other employees as, as well. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's take the listeners back a little bit to, mm-hmm. to see how you got uh, to where you are today. You, you, you were born in California, but, but raised in, 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 in uh, I want to say, your, I was told, your grandmother's farm in Mississippi. Yeah. What, what, what was it like growing up there? The country. <laughs> country. <laughs> like, country. Like, I, I got to say, like, country. Cause I did. I mean, we had, we had, we, when I was, when I came to, when I came to Mississippi, my grandfather had just passed away, but then very soon after my uncle came and, you know, we were, I lived on a working farm. We had hogs, we had horses, we had fields of green beans and 
everything else you get corn, everything else you can name. We had it. We had sugar cane. <laughs> we had my homemade molasses. Like that was my life. <laughs> right. And I don't know how we didn't have hogs for a long time, but yeah, I had to slap hogs. I didn't do it too much, but I had to slap some hogs. I lived, I, I was, it was country. All that, <laughs> all that cliche of like what Mississippi life is like. I did that. Okay. That was okay. So you, that, that, that's, that's you. That's your backbone. That's, that's yeah. what you stand on. That's, that's who you are. When, when, when did you, during all of that time, when, when did you know you, you wanted to be an actor? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I think that, um, well, I know that someone else had to see that in me. Um, and that happened. I was, I was, you know, much, I was like probably 18 or 19, something like that. Cause I went to school and, you know, um, did some things with some other folks and those other folks saw something in me that I didn't have the courage really. I, I did. I didn't see it for myself, period. But I think like when you had that kind of background, I don't know what your background is, Carmelo, but when you have a background where, you know, folks ain't got a lot of money, at least in your household, you know, some of your family members are okay, but in your household, at least my grandmama was standing in line for government cheese. Yeah, so we all did. <laughs> Come on now. You know what I mean? Yes, we all did. So, so I have a situation where I felt like I had, I didn't want to continue the cycle of poverty. I don't know how else to say that because yeah. I was, I was real old before I realized that I was, I was living in poverty. I did not understand that because my grandmother never, I never was made to feel that way, but I was fed on food stamps. You know, I was fed on medi. I went to the, the hot, the doctor on, on Medicaid, you know, mm -hmm. So I, I didn't, I didn't, for me, I knew that I had to do something that would help my grandmother, help, help my grandmother and becoming an actor is not a part of that plan. Do you know what I mean? There was no Absolutely. template for that. Um, so I, I felt that I needed to do something that would, I had to follow that path. So many people follow when they come from an environment, come from a background like me. They go to medical school, they go, they become a doctor, they become an educator. Those are the things that they do. But someone saw something in me and said, you need to go down, not down that path, you need to go down this path. And I just kept hearing that person and that person literally made a path for me. And now I'm sitting here talking to you. And you, you, you eventually, you eventually uh, ended up at Brown University, in, in that's in Rhode Island, right? Brown University. Yeah. And, and before, before, before doing graduate studies at Tisch School of Arts in, in, mm -hmm. in NYU, what what was it like going from Mississippi, right, and what and what you just described and explained, to the Ivy League, and, and, and eventually to New York? Because that's a total different. That's two different spectrums. Well, three, you go from Mississippi to Ivy League, Ivy League to New York, which is totally different. Yeah, it's very, very different. I, my, I was raised by my grandmother, but my mother, my mother was my mother, the love of my life. My mother had left and went and lived in New York for a long time. So when I would go, when I would, I lived between two houses, my grandmother's farm and my, my mother had a trailer. So when I would go to my mama's trailer, she would have these Vogue magazines underneath this glass coffee table. 
and she would tell me how she remember Lord and Taylor, Lord and Taylor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. My mother worked at Lord and Taylor and she used to, she hurt. She was married for a few years to this guy who played for the, for the jets. So she had, so she had like that New York life. Right. Mm-hmm. So that planted that in my, what New York was, it planted that in my imagination. So honestly, I always felt I was supposed to be in New York City. <laughs> you felt it. You felt I, it. You yeah, felt the energy. So you felt like, the energy. Yes. I, 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 she like planted this in my imagination. Like her, that was that canvas. And like, she painted that for me. So when I got off the Greyhound bus, and got dropped off in in Union Square. I was like, I am where I am supposed to be, <laughs> and I and I and I didn't look back, but I was still country. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can work on that part. You can work on that part. Yes. As long as you got there. Yes. As long as you got to New York. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll tell you this quick, quick, quick story. Like I um, needed an apartment. I ain't having. I didn't have money. And I needed an apartment. I was going to graduate school and I was I went to talk to this woman who owned this management, the management company of this building that I wanted to like get in, get in, get an apartment. And I said, she was like, well, you're going to need somebody to co-sign. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And you're going to need some money to put down on on the first and last rent month's rent or whatever it was. And I told her this is not going to make any sense to anybody who listens to this. But I told her, I said, well, I don't have any money, but I do have some land I can put on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that I'm sure somebody will take that land today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> this woman looked at me like, I mean, she was horrified. She was horrified. <laughs> and like I did not understand. I was like, yo, because that's what I knew what money was, was land. Right. Which is which is real money. Which is real money. Which is real money. Like I said, I was country as they come. <laughs> I was in New York, but I was still country as they come. If she knew better, she would have took the land. I would have took the come land. On. Took... <laughs> come on now. And the thing, and, and the great thing about it is, I still have that. I still have that land. I... Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so so now you in New York, and yes. you, you you got you got you got to uh, you got your start in theater. Um, which, which I always say, somebody who starts in theater, if you can master theater, if you can do theater, you can do anything. And when, when it comes to, when it comes to acting and like, what, what, what do you, what do you think it, it is about the theater work that helps actors kind of hone their craft? There are no, there's no safety net. Okay. There's no safety net. It's just you and the words and the people that you are in these scenes with and from, in front of an audience and if something goes wrong, you have to make it right mm. in front of a crowd of hundreds and uh, sometimes, you know, thousands. So, yeah, you know, if you, you, you act on, you act in film and television, you have this accomplice <laughs> called an editor. <laughs> or you could cut, you could cut, you could cut in, in, in action. So you. <laughs> Come on, as they say, you know, fix it in post. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, but you don't, you don't have that. You don't have that in theater. You just, you gotta, you gotta make it work in the moment. You've had roles in, in, in so many different projects from, from working with Denzel and taking a pen on one, two, three, 
to, to your Emmy-nominated performance and when they see us, uh, and, and even even most recently uh, in, in Lovecraft Country. Like, what, what I, me personally, I just want to know, what draws you to certain roles? Is, is it the script? Is it the character? Or is it something else? Is it, is it something that you, that you have to feel immediately? Or, like, what, what is that process? What draws you to that? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. You know, I'm still chasing. You know, I'm still chasing. You know, they're not, um, of course, more doors are open than they were three years ago. But I'm still, I'm still chasing. And I'm, you know, actively working on doing things and creating things for my, for not, not necessarily for myself, but creating things that I want to see in the world. I'm not passively waiting for that to happen because it may not ever right. happen. So I know that I have to do that. Right. Uh, so that, that's 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 at the forefront of where my mind is now, where my heart, where my soul is now. Um, but in, in terms of the things that come my way and what I, I gravitate to or don't don't and the things that I chase for me um, right now, particularly in the last maybe three or four years, really five years, I don't know what has been happening, but I think that who I am in my personal life has somehow bled into who I, I am professionally because I have been playing these, I have been playing these roles of these heroic black women, like time and time again, and not and, and heroic in the in the sense that they who, the, their presence in the world has been transformational. So I haven't really had to put a lot of effort into doing what I doing that because it's sort of been you know the dream would be to play Sharon Salam and and when they see us and. You know, Ava, you know, came my way with that. Um, and, uh, and the dream would be able to play Hippolyta Freeman. And somehow or another, I was able to be in Lovecraft Country and play Hippolyta Freeman. The dream would be to play Maddie Moss Clark and the Clark Sisters. And I was able, you know, to play my hero. And then I got to play Miss Orsine. And so that I've just been very fortunate in these last few years to do, to do that kind of work. And so I want to continue to do that kind of work, uh, whether I whether I'm in hopefully can make that happen on my own. But that's what I chase because I feel I've I've lived a lifetime, quite frankly, a professional lifetime, where I have been told that first of all those <laughs> women don't yes. exist, and that we're not we know and if we know that they exist that they exist, we don't want to, we're not interested in telling them. So that's what I'm chasing. That's what I want to do. That is what is, I feel like I'm supposed to do. So yeah, does that, does that, you know no, what I mean? I, I, that, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, just to, just to kind of add on to what, what you're saying, from my perspective, I, I, I will say, I, I would just add on that. The fact that growing up in the South, Right. And, and, and you're around, you know, powerful black women, hardworking black women. So you see and you experience that every day growing up down there in the, in the South on the farm, grandmothers, aunts, you know, just family members or people just in the community. And you see how hard they work as, as, as black women yeah. just to just to make it or just to just to survive, yeah. just to survive. So. 
I think having that experience, you carry that, you carry that subconsciously with you as you start taking these roles. And these roles, just you gravitate towards these roles because it's real, it's raw, it's authentic. And it's a, the competitive edge to you is, y'all told me, no, we're not going to tell these stories. So I want to show y'all that we gonna that we need these stories. And so that I, I, for me, I, I want to give you your flowers when it, when it comes to that and being able to just nitpick your roles and, and you know, you was fortunate enough to land some major, major roles and play some of your heroes. So I, I have to give you your flowers now yeah. for that. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I got to, you know, that may not, you know, the one of the most brilliant and liberating things that I've ever heard came from Miss Halle Berry when she said, you know, acting is is not an avocation it's a vocation meaning yes. that i need to do this job to pay my rent and to take care of other people so that's the reality of what i do that sometimes what i'm chasing is not necessarily what i'm going to do because i gotta pay my i gotta take care of people in my life do you know absolutely. what i mean absolutely you know that that thing that i chase i used to say that you know it, it, it's what I what I want to do is what I look forward to do when I wake up in the morning. Wow. But sometimes the kind of work that I'm interested in doing, I may not feel like doing that that day. <laughs> but I know it. You know what I'm saying? Right, that's but I that's know human that nature. Yeah. But I know that it's work that has to be done. Yeah. But you get it done. So you 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 do one hell of a job of doing what you got to do to get the role and make the role spicy. So that's why we keep coming to see you in the, in the theater. Let's switch gears a bit. Let's let's talk about kind of what you got going on next. It, it, it was it was announced earlier uh, this year that you would star alongside uh, Courtney B. Vance in the in the, in the drama Sixty First Street. Uh, that's AMC. Is that AMC? Yes, it's AMC. AMC? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, AMC's drama Sixty First Street. What, what can you tell us about the project, your role, and, and kind of in closing, what can fans expect? Well, Sixty First Street is a a, a drama that's set in Chicago. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, it's a courtroom police drama. And so the actors, when I say actors, I don't mean like, uh, I mean the people involved in the storytelling, the story itself are mainly police officers and, and lawyers. Um, and a young man has been accused of something and Mr. Vance um, uh, is has been tasked to um, defend him, and so it, it it it's it's set in Chicago, which I think is the best thing about it, you know. <laughs> and um, because you it's it's you you can't get more, you know, in terms of like you know, playing with like the, the, the ground that we should be playing on in terms of the richness and the realness of it. That's where we, that's, that's one, just one of the places we need to be to do that. Um, oh yeah, I could tell you a story about that. But, um, but yeah, and I, and I hope, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I just, you know, I love Chicago. I love that city so much. I fell in love with it and I just hope we do right by it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys are, it, it'll come off right. Do you, do you get nervous? 
Like I, I, you, you, because when I when I say nervous, yeah. you film some, you film something, and then you don't you don't watch it maybe until it comes out, or you do a premiere, or you get or you you, you see it a little bit early. Yeah. Are you are you anxious? Do you get nervous? Are you excited to see how you how you come off on film and playing in that role? What is it? What is the emotions that that you that you come across? I, that's such a good question because I'm trying. I wonder what I do feel. I wonder what I do feel because I honestly, I honestly, I feel like after I after I've done it, it's done. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just nothing you can do about it. It's the opposite of theater, right? Like, every, every, because the good thing about theater is you get another shot. <laughs> you get another shot next night. You get another shot the next night. With this, you don't know. It's done. It's over. You, and, and you don't get any more shots at it. So, you know, there's a certain, certain amount of like um, letting go that you have to, that, that, that you have to do. You know, and and I guess there is a, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of anxiety there. I think my anxiety and my fear happens when they say action. Okay. And and if all my if all my issues not together, if I didn't prepare as much as I wanted to do, if like all of that stuff, when they say action, and that freaking camera is right there, and I'm still as old as. I am. I'm still not used to that thing being in my face. <laughs> I'm still like catching myself looking at the camera, like can't get my bark, like all of that stuff. So when when they say action, that's when my that's where my fear is. That's where my fear is. But after the, after that, I have to. I let it go. I let it go. We all get we all get nervous. Everybody gets nervous. Everybody gets. Do you like? I do get, you, I get, do you get? Uh, I'm you getting play? nervous. I get. I get anxious. I get, and I try to, I try to control that. I try to breathe. I try to meditate. I try to just sit still a couple of minutes before the game. I try not to get, you know, oh, you know, overly exerted. I just try to relax and that, you know, whatever happens from there, it happens. I just let it go and just let it flow. So, yeah. it, it, you know, our genres and our lanes are, are, are very similar when it comes to the I would say that the, the the mental aspect of of getting ready to film something or getting ready to play a basketball game. So it's very it's very similar. Yeah. But I, I just want to you know I just I want to close this. I want to close it. I could talk to you forever. I, I feel like you were like a sister or aunt or you know just a friend that I could talk to <laughs> forever. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for for joining me uh, today and then just best of luck with everything you have going on right now and and, and thank you. I want to thank the audience for tuning in this week. Um, as we all know, please follow, rate, review what's in your glass on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you watch your spot, uh, listen to your podcast. So you can also check the video releases out each week on YouTube. But once again, Anjanu, thank you so much. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, and I, I look forward to continue to follow your career and everything that you have going on. So thank you. Take care, Carmela. Thank you.